Why get a VL with two subbies? Stereotype with a huge intercooler. Doing it right might be like I'm confused. What's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction. That cruise action, Saturday night. You can do it at the lights or get in a fight, right? You heard the systems bumping rap saying, Welcome to Rogue Bogues. This is the Car Chat episode six. Justin, what's going on? Uh, just uh, having a sip of water out of my Southeast Melbourne Phoenix drink bottle um, before we get into this, but uh, not a lot, mate. I was so going to say, uh, your, uh, your team got knocked <laughs> out last night, the NBL game three of the semifinals. Looked like you had it over the line for a second. Um, they were up, was it 16 mate, at 17 half? 17 points up. Yeah, yeah 17, 17 up and yeah, it went uh, it's had pear shape later on. But um, look, I mean, the boys did really, really well. To get that far, and I'll be honest, um, didn't think they'd make it that far, but they um, came together, and I think you know le- lessons learnt, and yeah, hopefully come back bigger and stronger next season. Yeah, Melbourne United, obviously the big boys, the big spenders beat them. So anyone out there that um, follows this car chat that isn't a basketball fan, if you have a chance to go to an NBL game out in the southeast, um, there's a team, obviously the, the Phoenix, second year in the league, just made the semifinals in their second year, so their third year should be better. Get out and watch a game, but we are on this podcast to chat cars, so we'll we'll get we rolling on that. A lot to get through today. Um, a few interesting things on the run sheet as far as the world of cars, but let's start out with kind of the movers and shakers of what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, I guess, um, yeah, I mean, everyone loves the auction talk and some big records broken throughout that. So we had a uh, big Grays online one. Um, main one was uh, the Blue Mini. So Peter Brock's own drive car. Um, well, look, I mean, I guess HDT's own uh, drive car. So build 005. Very, very nice one. So it's got the white aero wheels on it. Brogues and I are a massive big fan of the uh of the blue manies with the white wheels, but uh, that was snapped up for a um, one zero five seven five zero nine. So me and fifty seven thousand five hundred nine dollars plus the buyer's premium. Who do you reckon bought that, folks? <laughs> Our old mate, that's anything over a million's going to LMCT plus. LMCT page, plus. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. So uh, Adrian Portelli got it in his famous way. Yep, gets in the car, gives it a wash, does a Macca's run as he does. Uh, so he's out enjoying that before that, uh, yeah, hits the car raffle. So uh, seems everything at the moment. They are propping up the car market of anything big and large. So, yeah, well done to the boys at LMCT Plus. Another one chalked up on the board there. One I was watching for the Ford fans out there was the uh, XE ESP. So, um, yeah, this one here was interesting. Interesting, never been registered. So whoever bought this car was actually the first one in the logbook. So babe, we're all scratching our heads going 120,000, 200,000. What is this going to go for? And that ended up going for $354,709 plus a buyer's premium. So massive, massive big numbers there. I think that equates to about 381 grand with a buyer's premium for an XEESP. So um yeah, I'm surprised it's sitting around, hasn't rusted. So it's a um, good to see an XE, XE around that hasn't rusted. So massive, big uh, head scratch, um, some of these prices lately. Other big ones through that was $276,009 plus buyer's premium for the beautiful Port Wine XAGT RPO83. Um, hard hard top, barn finds. So, yeah, we know I'm a big fan of those barn finds there. So, um, yeah, it's um, crazy the money that people hand out for these cars. So, 
And uh, the other one was the XC Cobra. So, um, yeah, that was uh, $268,759 plus the uh, buyer's premium. So crazy, crazy numbers happening at the moment. Yeah, it's moving. Things are moving around, that's for sure. Um, one one that I haven't got on the run sheet and one that I failed to mention a couple of weeks ago, I'm not sure if you saw this one, but Muscle Cart Warehouse um, had sold. Yeah. The, remember the electric blue Ford Falcon GDO Phase 3 they had for sale? Yeah, yeah. Do you know who bought it? I didn't. Um, was it a so the buyer apparently has purchased the car to put it in an art gallery. So um, it went for one point one five million. Very rare color. Very rare car. A philanthropist yeah. by the name of Judith Nielsen says that yep. just like her art and property portfolio, she has she hasn't bought the GTHO as an investment. Nothing she does is about making money, but rather to share her passion with others. And she basically has said that she's gonna, you know, put the car up in a you know in a kind of a museum type setup where people can come Interesting. come and see and um, basically says thanks to Ju- Judith's generosity, we can all get up and close and admire a piece of Australian motoring history. So some good news there. I mean um, she, had, she had an interview with motoring.com.au but but bought the car not to drive, yep. not to hide away, but to to basically show it um, at an art gallery of all places, which is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, damn. No, good on you, uh, Judas. So, I mean, that's the thing that um, a lot of these are hidden away in collections. So if anyone does get the opportunity to go and see one of those up up close, and it will be like that later on. Yeah. No, credit to you there. Another car that I saw actually pop up today that will be popping up on the uh, at the auction soon is uh, Peter Brock's own drive car, the, his VH. Um, I saw will be um, heading across at Grays as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what that one pulls. Into I don't know, car market at the moment, Bogues. Is it hot or cold? What's what's going on? Oh, I think it's I think it's much the same. I think things are moving. It feels like it's slowed down a little bit. Um, a lot of those big banger yeah. auctions were earlier in the year, right after Christmas, um, but. Yeah, I mean, th- things are moving around. I think more stuff's moving around quietly, to be honest with you, than than it is. Yeah. Um, at the you know, obviously those big auctions create a lot of noise, but I think for every one of those big auctions that gets a lot of pub, there's you know fifty or a hundred deals done, um, handshake deals done that aren't publicised, just quiet buyers that have money. So things are moving yeah. around. You know, like we've said, we've, we've discussed it, and we won't go into length of it. Like how how people are finding funds and finances right now during COVID is is an amazing thing. But more people are staying home. They're not going out for dinner. They're not going to you know holidays and trips. So they've got more cash in their account. And I think like a lot of industries, my, my wife collects you know um handbags so yeah. she uh she's noticed that in, in that industry as well you, you can't you can't even get them birkins and stuff like that high-end um you know handbags where you know you, you, they're not being made fast enough because you can't ha- you know you, you can't get them from factory because they're handmade because of the delays of covid yeah it's pushed up the prices so i mean she's flipped a few like we flip cars which is always a good thing to get some cash back in the account but um yeah you see it in any anything anything to do with collectibles and art muscle cars whatever it is hobbies it, it's just Seems to be going gone through the roof. Yeah, and and it is kind of interesting that uh, I'm just getting a lot of people asking me. I mean, that I guess from I guess from just being a blanket thing across in the in you know the car groups and things I'm in that everyone's starting to go. What's next? You know, to move on from the HSV scene, and it's just the more the frustration about the dreamer prices that um hovering around at the moment, and want to more step into that because. Was just before we logged on to this tonight. I saw a V2 GDS coupe popped up on car sales. Um, we all know I've got all those alerts set. Two hundred forty-nine thousand for a, a V2. So um, the first series GDS coupe, only seven thousand k's on the clock in yellow, the most desirable one. But two hundred forty-nine grand. I mean, geez, like 
I don't know, probably three, four months ago, 170 grand as a 3,100K um, Series 3 yellow manual GDS coupe sold for. So that's um, pretty good kind of money, but, you know, 249 grand starts to get there, you know, that's crazy money. But let's be honest, if you set that up in a decent HSV auction and run that through a Lloyds or a Grays or something, you probably would pull around that kind of money. And that's a head-scratching thing. The moment we all go, man, you have rocks in the head to pay that, but stick it through an auction, never know what could happen. So I think if um, people are going to start thinking that now, I reckon if you are wanting those absolute mind-blowing numbers, auction hype around it's probably the way to go, but otherwise, um, yeah, it'll probably sit on car sales for a fair while. Yeah, it will. So, I'm, I'm waiting for the day. Yeah. When are we going to see a next auction that actually falls flat? <laughs> along for those days, along for those days, you can go oh. snap up a bargain. It seems like it hasn't hasn't been that way for what yeah. four or five years now. You know, used to be able to go to used to be able to go to auctions, and if there were three or four big banger cars that were all spoken about and publicised, there'd usually be a sleeper in there somewhere that no one was really going to buy, or there wouldn't be a lot of attention about, and you could kind of sneak yeah. in there and get it kind of cheap. And you don't even see that these days now. Even the sleeper cars are going, you know, fifteen, twenty, thirty percent over what they should be. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it dead set is, and um, but looking around at kind of numbers, I mean, I was having a look at um, the just the Gen F two GDSR sedans, twenty five of them listed at the moment, one hundred and seventy four grand buys you the cheapest one with fifty two thousand k's on the clock, and um, there's one guy with his head dead set in the clouds asking four hundred and ten thousand, which is pretty much getting up to W one money with delivery kilometers on it, so four hundred and ten grand. Um, I'm guessing his wife is telling him to sell and he doesn't want to because otherwise, mate, that's sitting there for a long time. Cheapest W1 on car sales, and there's only six of them listed, but 415,000 with 1,900 kilometers on it. So there you go, guys. So put a, um, another five grand in, into it and get out of that um, GDSR and get into yourself into a W1. But um, yeah, entry level there, 415 grand, but being the uh, most expensive, being 630. But I can tell you now, over the past couple of months, I know three straight up that have all sold for under 400000 So, we're talking about actual changing hand money behind. So, that's W1s all under 400000 The Gen F uh, and the Gen F GDS, um, yeah, kind of Series 1, Series 2 market there, 80 of them listed on car sales all together. Uh, cheapest is a Gen F1 with um, 132,000 kilometers on the clock for 92000 and then the most expensive is 225000 for a Gen F2 with 12,350Ks on the clock. The Malou GDSR market is still dead set cooked. Like those W1 Utes have um, shoved those prices up and they're staying around there. But listed and moving, two different things. But the cheapest one um, on car sales, 190000 and it's got 40,500Ks on the clock. And the most expensive is... A delivery kilometers Spitfire one, which is still the same one that's been sitting there for dead set months, four hundred thousand. Yeah, but um, yeah, crazy numbers. The drum roll at the moment is the FPV market with the GDF Bogues, one with four thousand thirty kilometers on the clock. How much do you reckon? Oh, who knows, mate? What what color is it? <laughs> uh it's that goldy kind of goldy bronzy kind of color one. How many? How? I mean, it's obviously six figures, but. Depends what that number starts with, 300, 400? Bang on, 300. 300, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah, I think two of, two of them listed on there, white one, 190 grand they got on it. And um, yeah, that one with the 300. So 
crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Absolutely yeah, it's, crazy. It's, like we said, it's there's a difference between asking and and receiving. But yeah, the market is like anything, um, even real estate. I mean, it's just I just I'm I'm not sure what the hell's going on. Um, inflation in the US is yeah. at, is at an all time high or almost at an all time high, and it's not looking like it's going to go down anytime soon. And for Australians out there that don't follow the economy, the ripple effect of what happens in the US hits us a year or two later. So I reckon yep. buckle down because I think there's going to be some carnage down the track. Oh yeah. Hands down. So, um, and that's thing we talk about that at work all the time is you know, I'm in the property investing game. And yeah, it's just all about trying to make sure that, um, yeah, you pretty much, if any debts you've got, if, um, yeah, look at good debt and bad debt, if you've got personal loans, credit cards, all those kind of things, yeah, try and start shaking a fair bit of that and start cashing up. So, yeah, it will be interesting. But then, I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things. We've got some pretty, Interesting news out of Queensland um, that, uh, I mean, is, is just head-scratching to me. Um, a parliamentary inquiry in Queensland is looking into the feasibility of using remote engine immobilizers to shut down cars on the move. The Queensland Transport and Resources Committee has held its first hearings into whether the technology should be used in an effort to reduce vehicle theft and police chases. What do you think about that? Do you know what I thought of straight away? Too fast, too furious. Remember in the scene where they have those guns, they shoot at the side of the cars and it shuts it, um, yeah, shuts all the electrics down in it and they, um, yeah, start sliding down. That's what I thought of straight away. But, um, you know what? It's, uh, bound to probably happen. And I guess, um, yeah, heading to all the electric vehicles later on, as we're saying, um, last episode, it's all going to start getting quicker and quicker. That, um, yeah, I'm surprised it actually hasn't happened already. So, yeah, but there's so much. I mean, yeah, it's a slippery slope, man. Like, you, yeah, I don't know. Are they, are they now saying it'll just be on? They haven't really said whether it'll be on brand new cars from, from today or whenever they implement the law or if yeah. older cars are going to have to go in and get it installed. But for how many police chases there are, um, or, or even vehicle theft compared to the, the community, you all know when you give the government powers like this to be able to stop a car, that's, not a good thing, in my opinion. The flip side is that people are going to be able to, you know, hackers can hack into anything these days. So. That, it's exactly what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking, like hackers to be able to do that. I mean, that, yeah, before you know it, you'll be driving along and they've hacked your car, slowed you down, take it, see you later. I think it's it's actually going to it's actually going to help car theft um, for high-end. Like if you've got a high-end car or Lambo or Ferrari, you know, someone's half smart could just immobilize your car as you're halfway down the street, jump out. You can't You can't drive off on them. They jump out, rip you yeah. out of the car. It's, it's it's just there's just so much wrong with being able to disable someone's car as they're driving. I, I get it that there, there is high speed chases and we want to protect the community and whatnot. But the percentage of high speed car chases and and vehicle theft compared to the everyday community that do the right thing, it'd be less than one percent. It'd be point zero 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 one percent. You know, so to now put yeah. immobilizers in everybody's car because of that. I mean, I'm not rolling with it and. Um, if this passes, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely, we are in a crazy time right now with everything going on. And I just heard that, um, Victoria is actually <laughs> making you get a coronavirus test if you want to go skiing up on the slopes now. That's the new, some new shit they've implemented <laughs> where 72 hours before, 72 hours before you go up on, on your ski peaks, you got to get a, a, a negative Rona test. Well, what, what are you doing for those next 72 hours while you're waiting? You're just going to sit in your house. I'm sure those people are going to be still out in the community. So you could get that, t- those, that test result. But you're still out in the community. Yeah. This, this, this is just you know another another silly law in my opinion that can have dire consequences. Yeah, they might might fix up breathalyzer machine soon. That if you get in your car, you've got to um, blow into it and come back as a COVID negative before you can drive to work. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it's 
<laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I mean, uh, um, the, yeah, but the, back to the, the mobilizing thing. To me, I, I just think the, the more power you give the government with things like this, where they say it's for your safety, I, I straight away I have a red flag up. As soon as, oh, as, soon yeah, as they course. say it's for your safety, it's like it's like the road. The road traffic cameras are for your safe for your safety. No, they're not. They'd raise revenue first, and then yeah, okay, there is a bit of safety involved. But if it was to, to be safe, they'd have signs up saying dangerous area, speed camera. Oh, exactly. People would slow down, right? But they want to. They, they want to. Yeah, I saw a post the other day about the um yeah about speed cameras, and some guy just posted up going, yeah, great. Great safety there. So someone flies for a speed camera. Six weeks later, you get your ticket. So they've done their damage for another six weeks driving around to get that bad driver off the road. So yeah, no, I'm definitely with you on that one. That um, yeah, it's just extra power for what? Like, I mean, for all the money invested in it, for the return, for like you said, for that zero 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 point one percent of those car chases that happen. Yeah, I guess better ways out there to um. To control that, so yeah. there's been a bit of pushback as well. Some prominent organisations, one being the Queensland Council for Civil Liberties, has recommended remote mobiliser technology not be used as, as it could infringe on people's privacy and freedom of movement, which is rightfully so. Invasion of privacy mm. um, and installation of this type of technology must mean that the police and other state entities will be able to track every vehicle and presumably record where every vehicle has been. So that's also a bit of an issue. You know, um, people, you know, obviously doing things that aren't illegal but could be frowned upon. You know, if, if you can track them doing that, you know, we're talking about whatever they're doing um, is it, just not not a good thing. But there will be people that say, well, if you're not breaking the law, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. But I, I do, I, I for one value my privacy and I for one value not giving the government any more power than they already have. Yeah. Yeah, valid. All right. Um, yeah. The next one we have, this one, this one's <laughs> kind of funny. Oh, this is hilarious. So Ford has filed a patent for in-car ads on in, on the infotainment screen. Using external cameras to show images on billboards and display on the infotainment screen. Now, this is- uh, the fact that this is even an idea when you 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 now you now get fined for just having your phone in your hand even if you're not looking at it so if you're changing a song on your mp3 list whatever you're doing phone in your hand fine now you can get an alert to driving past a coca-cola sign for instance or a mcdonald's sign it can ping you and then give you the advertisement on your infotainment screen i i, I struggle to see how this will be legal um but ford are looking like they you know they want to do it yeah well, it's um <laughs> Yeah, that is absolute mind-boggling that if that starts happening, I mean, yeah, would it make cars cheaper for some people if advertising comes in it? Probably not. So, it would be interesting um, driving along and you're driving past, you know, your Ford Ranger and then your billboard up there for a Toyota Hilux and that starts popping up on your screen. Oh, God, I just, yeah, I'm absolutely just shocked that this is even an idea. I just don't get it. Well, you'd imagine even if they don't do the infotainment screen, that'll somehow take over your audio, like kind of when you're in the CityLink tunnel. For those of you that live in yeah. Victoria, you go on the tunnel and they, they have an announcement about what's going on. It picks up, it, it kind of cancels out the radio you're listening to and, and gives you the announcement in your car. You know, imagine that you're driving and, and then all of a sudden you just get a, a, an advertisement through your audio of McDonald's because you drove past the billboard. I mean, that's where, that's where things are going and it's, it's bombardment advertising and it's just crazy. Yeah, I could understand it for an Uber or a cab or something. I mean, you know, if it makes an, your Uber ride cheaper or something like that, you go, you know, fair enough. But, um, and, and I hope, look, I hope it is just for something like that. But yeah, if I'd be annoyed if I'm paying top dollar for a car and then that's happening. I mean, that'll just put me off it straight away. Yeah. So, yeah. Not a fan. I, I don't think that gets up. Surely not. I mean, there'll be <laughs> maybe through audio only, but, um, I, I hardly, hardly doubt. I've always wondered the phone thing as well. <clears throat> Some of these cars have have massive infotainment screens where you can basically do everything through your phone on that infotainment screen through CarPlay. To me, that's very, very similar 
to, to operating a phone. So I'd, I'd always scratch my head with there's so many distractions now on the panel of a car with air conditioning buttons and heating buttons and seat warmers that, you know, to me, I reckon we're going to one day see all that be gone as well with the way the, way the world's gone with safety. Oh, yeah, hands down. And, and that's thing that, yeah, with heads-up display and everything else, that if you're really not used to all that, it can get quite overwhelming damn fast um, with everything just right in front of you. And then these screens, yeah, just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Interesting times ahead with that. So, but yeah, I, I, I believe that'll be shot down real fast. But um, like I said, hopefully that's just for, um, yeah, more, I guess, yeah, Ubers and taxis and then you kind of go make sense if it's going to reduce the cost for... For your ride, so see what happens. I mean, they have them in the they have in the states. The states in in the US, the taxis, um, at least in New York and the big cities, they have a a rear fitted screen on the headrests of the the driver, and then it just playing advertisements and different things. So I've I've seen that before, and I don't have an issue with that because it's for the passenger. But yeah, distracting a driver when we we already get fined, you know, just for you know, like for instance, the stupidest thing with the phone rule to me is that if you're in if you're in neck-to-neck traffic in the CBD and you're not moving at all and you pick up your mm. phone and you get a fine, I mean, that's that to me is a bit ridiculous. Um, I, had a, I had a mate actually that was stuck in gridlock. There was a massive accident or protest or something going on where they, they didn't move for 20, 30 minutes and he, he um, a cop was on a bike going up and down the lines of traffic and finding people and he's just like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, you know, he was texting, texting his <laughs> wife, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm not moving, fine. So, I think a bit of common sense yeah. wouldn't go astray but obviously anyone using their phone on a freeway or whatever, you know, yeah. you, you don't want to condone that because it can cause some, some massive issues but we'll see if Ford gets that ahead. Mm. Did you see the world's most expensive new car? Ah, uh, the uh, Rolls-Royce, what is it, the, the boat tail or something? Yeah, Big ones, yeah, so. Rolls Royce, twenty million before tax. Jeez, ouch. God, imagine getting insurance for that. That would be an interesting quote to get, actually. But um, what they're saying, I think only three of them made or something. So yeah, three examples. First being delivered to a wealthy flamboyant couple. Uh, Rolls Royce has modified the cabin for personalized his and hers watches to become the motor's clock. Yeah. Rolls-Royce have revived their coach-building department to build one-off models such as this. Jay-Z and Beyonce are rumoured to have paid $28 million for one. So, that would be a reason enough for me not to want one just because they have one. <laughs> but, I mean, jeez. I mean, imagine calling up Shannon's or uh, <laughs> RACV or RACQ. Uh, yeah, I just want to get my Rolls uh, insured $20 million val. Imagine uh, what, what would happen Christ. to you. You'd have no chance. It's just, it's just interesting with that that you kind of go, well, suppose if you got that much money I think I think they're only making like three of them or something, but I suppose if you get your hands on one of them, I wonder if they've got the no sales clause for X amount of years or whatever because Jay-Z says he's pretty switched on with a lot of his cars. He does buy a lot of them just to secure them, then he does flip them later on. Yeah, he's kind of very smart in that aspect of it with art and everything. So kind of go well there, um, them sitting there with sitting there at the back drinking their champagne under their umbrella at the back of the car. Interesting. Yeah, I doubt they'd be driving them. I reckon it'd be a similar to, you know, a long wheelbase Range Rover or, you know, a standard yeah. rolls is, is you, you get driven in those usually. That's how the wealthy, usually the wealthy elite roll. They don't like putting their feet on, on pedals. They want to be driven. But, um, yeah, it's just a, just a really interesting one. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money for a car and obviously for someone that, imagine taking that to a, just to get serviced. The mechanic would shit a brick. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the insurance policy on the, on their building and all the cars in it wouldn't be even a, a percent of that value of that car. They'd be shitting themselves that that would get, you know, a door ding or something happened to it. You definitely wouldn't leave it at a mechanics overnight, would you? And that's the thing with, like, we were saying a while ago going that, um, 
yeah, how you've got to have your full service history in all of these cars, and then you have your own private mechanic, and then someone turns turns their nose up on it that it doesn't have the dealership um, history in in it. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, but uh, but I'm sure snapping that up, um, someone from Dubai would be knocking his door down and wanting to put it in their own personal collection later on. So it's um, yeah, I'm sure he'd make a hand, handsome sum of money on that one when he goes to flip it. So, yeah, I mean, I'd give him I'd give him fifteen million if it didn't have the books. <laughs> no books. <laughs> That's take, it. Off, take off five mil. That's it. <laughs> All right. So we go from the, m- the most expensive uh, new car to the fastest production car as of today. It is Croatia. The roots, the heritage, the the, the Rimac is how it's pronounced in Croatian. Um, Nevada, which is the model. Mm-hmm. That means um, it's basically a storm that brews over over the ocean. One of those fierce storms is is what Nevada means in in Croatian. Okay. But, this car is bananas, um, 1,427 oh, kilowatts, quarter mile done in under nine seconds, um, road-ready car, you know, legally road-ready to go and amazing. This thing, I yeah, it was unbelievable. Like straight away, I've just gone, yep, I'm waving that electric flag now after I saw this thing go. So, listeners, do yourself a favour Jump on and jump on YouTube. Look it up on Carwell of this versus um, versus a Ferrari. It is dead set, fucking mind blowing. This car is so so fast, just so fast. And even like from a quarter mile, but then you see it on the roll later on, it just absolutely rips a Ferrari, just like it's standing still. It is unbelievable, man. If that's how the future is going to be, I'm all for it. Sign me up. <laughs> like that was my first moment. Yeah, I mean, on the fence, off the fence, about electric stuff, but that is unbelievable. Yeah, and, and it actually looks good too. It looks good. You know, like sometimes the electric, it does. Sometimes the electric, really the electric cars are hit or miss. You know, Tesla is probably the first electric car company that actually made them look half decent, um, futuristic. Yeah, but this looks like a you know cross Lambo Ferrari type, um, Corv- a little bit of Corvette in it too. So it's it's, yeah. a, good, it's a really good mix. Um, I don't think I'm getting in one because I've, I've my auntie went and saw one out in Zagreb in Croatia and they, they had a they had an unveiling there and took some photos and um, I think you'd struggle to get into it too. They're really really small inside, so <laughs> yeah, I'd have to probably. Jeez. Well, at least there's no fuel tank in the rear. That's usually my issue. So mods might be a little bit easier. I don't have to move the fuel tank if it's battery operated. <laughs> yeah. So. But um, yeah, yeah. For everyone out there, look that look that car up. It looked pretty impressive. Yeah, they're starting to shake it up a bit now. So I think was it Porsche owns twenty four percent or something. Oh, do they? So I think it looked up. Yeah, I think something like that. So um, yeah, they have bought into Rimac. So it's um, yeah, I guess anything electric, it seems it's a way to go now. So it's um, but see what Tesla does next. So Jay Leno, I think, ran a nine second pass in um, one of the new Teslas. Yeah, it's come out. So, like we're saying last episode, this is where I think it's all interesting on the horizon for the performance car market. Everything that's happening, that these cars are just getting quicker and quicker and quicker. And I guess if we looked at our generation of, um, like, I've only got a two-year-old, um, two-year-old son, and Bo, your your boys are young, and it's just going to be interesting later on when we're trying to show them our old muscle cars and where we put the petrol in, and having these cars just running eight, nine second quarter miles. Yeah. 
Wow. I just think we're a ways away <laughs> in Australia, though, to be honest with you. I, I don't see, I never see charging stations anyway. I mean, you see them in a the old apartment building, maybe the old office building, but there's one bay, yeah. maybe two. But compared to the States, yeah. like the US, when I was living in California, the, the shit was popping up everywhere. There was battery charging stations everywhere, like supermarkets. You go to Walmart, you go to Costco, that there, there was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bays. I think Australia, we're, we're way behind. So I, I don't even, I don't even think it's going to take off for another, you know, four, five, ten years to, to get to a point. Oh, where- exactly. So, yeah. And look, I mean, Chadson's starting to get a few more bays and um, the Glen Shopping Centre near me has got some that, um, you know, it's good to see that more are popping up. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, Australia's just, yeah, I mean, before you know it, and, you know, you head an hour out um, in any kind of direction. No, you start you don't. Into more rural areas. No, you don't. And, yeah, it's just you got nothing around. So Yeah, they're, they're in they're inner city kind of cruiser. If you're, if you're living in the metro area, you're not going anywhere too far, further than 30, 40 kilometers, and you're just doing your daily errands, I get it. But if you're, yeah. I like to go for cruises every now and then, I like to go for drives, go to countryside sometimes, go to the beach, whatever. Not probably yeah. the best thing to have because you got to carry everything with you and make sure you've got somewhere you, you can plug that thing in. I actually, um, I actually saw a funny, funny video on, on Facebook that there's a couple that are out, um, out Utah somewhere on a, on a open road and this guy's kind of scratching his head that they were in a Tesla, but in the boot had a Honda generator filled with petrol that they're using to charge up their car yeah and he's just it's just a head scratch moment and i'll just think oh man that'd be life in australia you'd have all these people just trying to go oh yeah i'm doing the right thing by the environment and they've got their petrol generator in the back for those times they get stuck with it where they're not near a charge station so i, I saw that as well um, I've, seen, I've seen that a few times absolutely hilarious and it's like you know it's clearly <laughs> a diesel or a petrol yeah. generator that's giving you some juice back in your battery yeah. because you've broken down, <laughs> kind of defeating yeah. the purpose of, of what you're about. But um, And then you've got the geniuses that we uh, spoke about last part of, in Victoria that are looking at tax yeah. electric and battery car buyers because they're saying there's no fuel excise tax they're paying to be on the roads. So never cease to amaze me, the Victorian government, and just another, another one, another wonder they're all about, you know, renewables and climate change, but we're also going to tax you because we, we can't afford to lose that money from petrol. That's it. Exactly right. Yeah. Moving on, Craig Finn, marketing genius. You you saw this story. Break it down for us. He is. So, um, yeah, Craig Finn's a mate of mine. So, he runs um, the Compello, which is a car club. And he, um, yeah, also has this place called the Valet Car Storage, which is down in Rabin. So, we've touched on his business a few times there. So, um, yeah, you can store your car there for about 50 bucks a week. But uh, in a bit of a ploy to see how we can promote the Valet Car Storage on the cheap, he's got a, oh, I think it's a 94 Nissan GDIR with uh, the custom new ne- numeric number plates just number 81 so those plates alone are worth about 1.3 million and he thought he'd list the car for he's put it up for 1.35 million but in the fine print of the ad there it includes a custom plate so everyone who skim reads a lot of listings this went absolutely viral over a million views generated and was just popping up everywhere around it was just yeah, rather amusing there because everyone's just thinking, oh, look at this, look at this dead set clown asking 1.35 for um, a Nissan GDIR. Um, I just thought, yeah, absolute marketing genius, paid off for him, did really, really well. And, um, yeah, for a bit of a joke that just um, spiralled into what we've all, mate, had, like just hat off to him, that is dead set marketing genius. So, uh, well done there, Craig, for the cry- for the hype that uh, you created for that one. So that was absolutely hilarious. Is it still online for people to ch- check out? Uh, it is actually. So yeah, jump on um, 
jump on car sales there and you can see that see that listed um but i'll also share it on the uh, rogue bogues facebook page as well so i had before but i'll do a reshare after this so everyone can see that as well because uh, that is rather hilarious and i'm sure others will probably follow suit and start doing similar things so yeah yeah for those that want to search for it it is it is a 1994 nissan pulsar gti uh so if you want to put that in the search you'll it should pop up and you'll see what we're talking about but um well done to, to craig for that I love, I love hearing you know unique unique stories about marketing Oh, exactly, and search highest to lowest because I assume that would be the highest one, but someone yeah. else might have put theirs up now. <laughs> okay, um, Qu- Queensland again, back in the news uh, for another something else in Queensland that I saw over the day, which, you know, I mean, I don't feel sorry for the guy after you, you hear this story, but Serial Hoon car is up for auction. A Lamborghini um, Hurricane, Hurricane um, is yep. now has been seized by police um, and they're putting it up for auction now. I think the, the proceeds... Will go into, I think, road safety. I don't think he even receives the proceeds of them pinching his car. Um, he got caught hooning. He has, what does he have here? In total, the driver has been linked to 20 traffic offenses, including evading police and disqualified from driving offenses. He actually got four years in prison, imprisonment and disqualified from driving on two, uh, February 2021. So four years in, in imprisonment for that. Queensland obviously has. Babe. The toughest anti-hoon laws in the country, but um, the fact that they have have taken this guy's <laughs> this guy's Lambo Shit. and just auctioned it off. Yeah, Lamborghini Performante as well. By the look of it, the wheels mm. annoying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but, it's um, no messing around in Queensland. This guy should have um, used Troy Candy's traffic lawyer. Jeez, is it Troy, <laughs> isn't Troy Candy in Queensland now? He is actually. So yeah, he um had something to do with hooning there and only got a two thousand dollar fine and a bit of a slap on the wrist for doing. Yeah, I think he was um, doing a bit of circle work or something. The C63S, something happened to the car, mate. But um, yeah, I think if this guy used Troy's lawyer, he probably would have um, been able to keep his car. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> but, pretty, um, pretty, yeah. pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. But for those that want to bid, June 17, um, well, which, which, what is that? That's as it, as we record. So that's tomorrow, actually. Um, so once this goes live, it'll already happen. But at Mannheim Auctions, um, it, will be, it will be interesting what it goes for and if they can break down exactly where the money's going. I hope it's just not going to hood some. Do you know what? It, tell you it'd be a good story that um, if LMCT Plus buy this car and then the guy <laughs> tries his luck and wins it back at an auction. <laughs> there you go, Adrian, do, do something well. Once he's out of jail. <laughs> yeah, once he's out of jail, gets his car back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's God, kind of hilarious. Look, I'm, f- I'm for um, strong hearing laws, especially, you know, people that are doing it in areas I've spoken about heaps of times and public places endangering, you know, mum driving their kid to school or whatever. Like, you just – it's the ramifications of, of being an idiot. But an, an interesting one is that the fact that the government can literally take, take your car off here and sell it and say adios to that cash is um, is pretty crazy by the Queensland government. But that's, that's where we're going. We are the most legislated country in the world for a reason. Yeah, I wonder what happens around um, – because there used to be a bit of a loophole when that was happening. I remember the fine the fine print of it all that when I used to do the car, you know, back in the car finance and repossession days of my life that um, if that car didn't have any encumbrance on it under finance that um, oh, yeah. they couldn't Interesting. take yeah. the car. So, yeah, so I wonder if that is still a loophole. I'm not telling people to go out and do that, but just wonder if it is. Yeah, and, and surely, surely, so, case, the, surely the Queensland government looking to it a bit better. Like, if, for instance, what happens if the, if he's taking his old man's car out at night or something like that? Similar to the Mustang story we told a yeah, couple of couple, couple episodes yeah. ago, and, and that what they're going to take it and then auction it off. I think that that would not be appropriate in my opinion. Um, but then the father would then have, have a problem if his son goes to court. So, 
Um, yeah, yeah I, but the but the hard thing around that is if everyone who does that just starts getting the car and registering in there, you know, someone body, else's name, you know, yeah, wife's name, dad's name, something like that, and there's a loophole for it. So always ways around it, but um, yeah, big thing with that car pulls. Yeah, ex- exactly. Well, that's that's the bottom line if you are going to mess around. Exactly. Take, take it to the track. Yep, have so, fun there. And there's plenty, mm. there's plenty up in Queensland, so they can they can find some. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they got the roll racing up there. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, fair few Q and A's in this week, so we'll, we'll get rolling on these. Appreciate all the questions. I know some came through Facebook. We actually had a fair few come through to the email this time around, so we appreciate those. I'll I'll get to the first one. Question is from Michael Scalino. I love you and Andrew's thoughts on the other performance. I would love you and Andrew's thoughts on the other performance brands outside of HSV FPV for future value, say CS- CSV or Wayne Gardner Racing WGR, along with the Tickford DJR and BA cars. What do you see there, Justin? Yeah, look, definitely, uh, I mean, great great question. So, um, thanks for sending that through, Michael. So, for those out there, so CSV, so that's Corsa Specialized Vehicles. So, Corsa was a um, company that started from uh, by Peter Tichera out of Mildura, Victoria, uh, back in, um, yeah, the uh, mid to late 90s. Uh, that pretty much went from... It was a competing brand against HSV at the time. So they produced them, um, yeah, from VS onwards, did some fantastic cars. So they had the Velois and the Volante. So some really, really good cars. Um, they went around long. Yeah, with Antero wheels on them. Nah, they weren't at all. So they probably that lasted up to the V, um, VT range. And then, um, he had a, like a performance shop, just kind of like a VCM performance style shop. It was running out of sunshine there for a while. It was doing like exhaust OTR packages and a few bits and pieces. So just bolt on modifications to a car. Um, but yeah, from an actual production car run, um, yeah, didn't really last long, but were damn expensive. A lot of dealers didn't like, um, dealerships didn't, didn't take up on these cars. So it was very hard to get finance packages to compete with HSVs for people wanting to buy them new. So it did dwindle away real fast, but um, they're an interesting car. Hard thing now is to find parts for them and just, um, yeah, just finding examples around that just have, haven't had a lot of bits and pieces taken off them. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of them for a point of difference and just like the Wayne Gardner racing cars. So, um, yeah, so Wayne Gardner, when he hopped off the bike and started racing V8 supercars, started his own, um, yeah, he started his own range there in the VSs. Massive fan of those two. Factory Momo status wheels, a couple of um, heavily modified ones um, popped up as well with STA superchargers on them. Beautiful cars, big fan of those. Look, as to get to the real um, nitty-gritty of the question around where do they sit outside of um, HSV, it's a hard one, Michael, because, like I said, not a lot of people know these cars. I personally love them. Spoken about Andrew Quinlan, uh, Boomer, we call him. He's a big fan of them as well, so is Phil King. We all love them. I'd personally probably, you know, I'd love to own a Wayne Gardner car um, and a CSV if I found one of the 5800 models. But... Um, yeah, I think that's more of a you'd want to have it and stash it away just because it's cool versus um, a car to really buy and sit on and, and hope to make money because that's a type that can be a flop real fast if it did go down a, an auction line. I think we saw number one of the Wayne Gardner cars go through Shannon's, didn't pull a lot of money. And um, yeah, I think the white one, which is Wayne Gardner's wife's car, also went through the auctions not long ago either and um, also didn't pull a lot of money. So where I say that, that 50 to probably... 70 grand mark is probably what they sit for a low K tight example for Wayne Gardner. CSVs, you've really got that question mark there because some of them have really pulled that, um, you know, for like just the five liter, um, entry level kind of models. 
the 5800s, hardly any of them around, which has got the MoTeC twin throttle system on them. Really cool thing. But um, question mark for the price because you just got to find that one person that goes, I've collected all the HSVs. I'm a massive fan of the 90s muscle car scene. I want a um, CSV and a WGR to sit alongside it. And that's the type of person you got to hope will come along and snap it off you for some big dollars if you did have one and hope to make some money on it down the track. So not to the Ford side of things, the Tickford and DGR stuff. So look, Tickford being an actual run through Ford itself and has a bit of hype behind it from, um, you know, so just we're seeing now the ELs and EFs are really starting to take off um, prices just for the XR6s and XR8s. And now we're seeing all the flow-on effect from your TS50s, your TE50s. They are starting to jump up. The Utes and everything in the AUs and the blueprint colors look fantastic in your TE and T, um, TS50s. They are starting to jump up as far as the DGR cars. So in that same auction that the um, that the uh, orange, the Light My Fire Orange W1 Maloo went through, I'm pretty sure that actually had a um, orange BA DJR went through that, so it looked really, really good on the BBS CHR wheels from factory there. But um, Boomer and I were both watching that car. That didn't pull massive dollars either, and that was a really, really low-key example because that is a bit of a forgotten child as well. So that kind of sits there in the column with the Wayne Gardner. So, yeah, I think it's one. You buy it to like it and tuck it away because it's got a unique cool factor about it, but as a collectability side, um, stick with the core brands, I'd say. So yeah, I mean, look, the, the issue I have with really rare cars, and we've had this conversation before, is um, the mm. resale of them. You need a real specific buyer, and yeah, that's a bit, about a bit of concern. Like, I think the HSVs, FPVs, like even people that aren't pure enthusiasts, kind of know about them. Know what a HSV GTS is, they know what a yeah, you know, even a club sport. Like people know, your average punter might know it's not an all-in car guy. Whereas, you know, you CSV, uh, Wayne Gardner Racing, no one really knows what they are. And it's kind of similar with the Brockies. Like, like you know, you've got your, your Group A and then your Group 3s. And, and, and you know, there's a, there's a lot of different, you know, variances in the value of those cars. But for the average part that just wants a Brock Commodore, he might, he might not know why that other one is worth 100, 200K more. And I was kind of always cognizant of that, of the really rare stuff that's not very well known. I just always thought, I thought that a, a hot, you know, a car that was built more, had more production, but was really mint. I'd rather that than a really rare car. And that's just me, just because yeah. I always thought of the, the resale. If I ever want to sell this car, let's say you have a Wayne Gardner Racing that's mint, you need to find someone that wants one of those cars. And that's a real small number compared to someone just wanting a, wanting a HSV GTS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spot on. And that starts actually getting down to your full car nerds right into it, like myself, that just have, you know, grew up liking these cars over the years. And, Go, you know what? I'd, I'd have one to compensate my HSV, but as putting all your eggs in one basket, so I'm just going to buy that. And I hope because, because that's the thing, I guess the old saying of, um, yeah, if you have to sell that first thing Monday morning, it's going to be damn hard to move that because that's the thing. Yeah. Your specific buyers really know about them and you probably have to just, yeah, move it on real quick and cop a bit of a loss on it if you paid top dollar at the time because you're that one buyer that, um, yeah, just thought, you know what, stuff it, I'll take a gamble on it at the time. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That leads in, the next question is kind of similar to what we just discussed, but questions from Lee. Hey, Legends, massive fan of the pod. Um, you and Bogut since your Warriors Championship. Um, been wanting to get a VF GDS or a Clubby LSA. HSVs, of course. I have about 50K cash saved and want to pay 
pay cash for one, but have been priced out. Thinking about putting half the money down and financing the other half. Would you do this? My dad thinks it's silly, but I don't want to miss out on owning one. I think the the answer to that question is what you just said. If you want this car to drive it and to live it and breathe it, I can live with you know, putting finance down. If you're buying it because at the end you said you feel like you're going to miss out on owning one, I wouldn't buy it. So um, that's as simple. It's yeah. simple as that. Point blank. If you if you want this car because it's going to give you a thrill driving it daily, weekly, however often you drive it. If you're simply buying it because everyone else is and you feel like you're missing missing out and you just want to store it, I wouldn't buy it. So that's how I'd answer that one. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you would agree with that one. Oh, spot on. I mean. Uh- my advice around that there, mate, if you if you haven't bought a house at the moment, chuck money to real estate and let that grow in value, then later on rip your equity out and then buy then buy that car later on. And even if that car moves another fifty grand over that period of time, you think you're getting priced out of the market, you'll make a hell of a lot more on your property in that period of time with depreciation and everything else that goes along with it. Be smart with your money, people, around things because yeah, especially now these cars are getting older. Uh, you start getting into subprime lenders are going to finance these cars. So it's not like you can get your Volkswagen Finance 2.99 that you see advertised on shop windows when you drive past a dealership. That doesn't apply to these cars. So if you're going to be paying higher interest rates and you don't have a lot of the tax advantage along using that car, yeah, I think that you start getting a bit silly there. And mate, also way up as well how long it's taking you to save that 50 grand because, um, yeah, I'm sure with – just wanting one of those cars, if you have a look at all the numbers of how many produced out of um, the VF GDS and then GDS Series 2 and as well with all the LSA clubbies, it's not like you're trying to get your hands on a W427 or a W1 or something with a lower build number. So that will pop up later on. Be patient. Be smart with your money. And at the end of the day, your old man's always right. So listen to him. Yeah, very true. <laughs> Next one, question from Matt. You guys made some valid points about auctions. I'm considering selling a few HSVs soon. Would you still use normal sales platforms or an auction? I guess to answer it, I think if you're going to be, if you're a seller, all over auctions at the moment. Let's be honest, the hype behind them, evidence has been back to back to back to back on these. That um, if you've got, yeah, if you've got some good examples and you can negotiate a good fee with them, because if you do have a handful there and you're just going to go, you know what, let's just run it, pump my collection, chuck it through, definitely. Have a chat to um have a have a chat to you. you know don't just talk to one auction house talk to a few of them negotiate the best deal on them find out their marketing strategy behind them because um yeah look been burnt in the past with a few of these guys just being quite slack where I've got to do the work and write the ads and push them um, through my own channels so find out who's doing who's doing what study a few of them watch them look at similar prices and then um. Have a chat to the guys who understand the cars because there are a few of them have got no idea, you know. So if they're going to market the car incorrectly, and um, you know, and we saw that um, a few times, like the Panorama Silver W four twenty seven that went through one of the auctions, half the stuff was missing from when they were promoting the car was a forgotten one because there was better cars in the auction. So. Find out about it because if your cars do get overshadowed by better cars and it's forgotten about, then it can, you can fall on your um, face real fast. So negotiate all that in advance, but um, I'd be saying, yeah, auctions is the way to go. Yeah, especially if it's a car that's in mint condition. If it's, look, if it's a car, 
HSV GTS, VT GTS, for argument's sake, with 190,000 kilometers. I don't think an auction is going to make that much difference, but if you've got a, a car that's got low kilometers or lower kilometers under 100,000 yep. clicks, it's in good condition. I think auction is the way to go. It's just, for some reason, it's just gone off its head right now. And there's the beauty of not having to deal with dickheads kicking your tires every other weekend when you want to go and get things done. So there's a value in that where you'll probably, Very true. you know, even if you, if you lost a thousand going to auction that you could have made privately, there's a beauty in not having to have the stress of that on your mind. Next one, we have a question from Xavier. Justin, I loved your car buying tips. I'm going to list my car for sale soon. Do you have any decent selling tips, Justin? Yeah, look, um, clean your look car. I might get clean into this as a- Number one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be clean it, vacuum it, um, present it, take some better photos. So, um, And also from a security point of view, um, one little thing I just noticed recently that just looking through ads, I just noticed some silly things of people taking um, photos in front of street signs and things as well. So if you are looking to sell a bit of a rare car, just make sure you've got nothing around. So go to a car park somewhere away from your house where you don't see any telltale signs of where you live uh, from a security point of view, but definitely clean the car, write a proper ad, don't just rely on what car sales, you know, half populates and everything. So just point out things on your car. So if there are any marks and things on the car that, um, you know, try and, you know, take some clear photos of it, mention the ad, give a thorough description of your car so it's you're not wasting any time either. But um, I might get into that actually in a um, in a pod coming up. I'll um, get into actually my key, um, my key tips around it and get into some um, – proper detail on it yeah i think the number one thing for me is clean just just make sure the car is clean and presentable and, and that you're honest and transparent if you do those two things i think you'll get a sale the amount of times i've yep. i've gone remember we went and looked at that um the vr gts do you remember we went and looked at that together yeah man so oh man justin and i went there was a vr gts that was for sale for man this thing was for sale for two or three years back probably you know, six seven eight years ago now and i was just playing the long game with this guy i knew he wasn't getting offers he had it listed very high at the time and we finally went out and inspected it, and he was a he had a, he was an ice cream truck driver by trade, or used to be, and he had a he had a Mister Whippy van parked right up against the the VR GTS, which was a mint car in a tight like two car yeah. garage at the back of his back of his yard, and we could barely even get in the car, and it was just like, dude, like we didn't inspect the car, man. You could yeah. have, you could at least put it out in your driveway, like don't don't don't. Oh, do exactly. That Blankets over it, couldn't even open doors, looked down sides, nothing. It was and he was yeah, like was stalking terrible. us. He was stalking us like a hawk too. Like every time you you open the car or look, yeah. try to look at something he's like you know trying to make you feel bad like oh you're here to buy or what and you're just like mate geez like let us let us at least see if the tires rotate <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah crazy try to make it try to make it as painless as possible if you're trying to sell a car i mean it goes both ways there's dickhead buyers and dickhead sellers yeah if you're not either of those, you'll have a good experience. All right, this, this next question is good. I like, I, I like this one. So, loving the podcast, gents. Please keep them coming, informative, entertaining, and down to earth. Just what we all need. Now, that's what we're trying to accomplish here. We, we don't want to do anything too Hollywood. Just keep it factual. But anyway, question to Bogues and Justin. With your car collections, if you refer to it as a collection, what is your regime for maintenance from cleaning to keeping fluids turned over and fresh if these vehicles aren't able to be driven as often as you like. I've got an opportunity to hold a vehicle in storage or at least access to my needs. It won't be a daily, possibly driven twice a month, and I won't get advice. I want to get advice on keeping it in tip-top shape for those times I do take it for a spin or just to ensure it doesn't run away in years to come. Thanks, Moni. Now, Moni, how long is a piece of string? This is one of my 
big stresses that I chat to Justin about, that I have chat to my friend Steve who kind of looks after my cars for me. Um, to be honest, it's a pain in the ass. Um, look, you, you'll be okay with one car. Um, now, I'm not crying over spilt milk. I, I have a decent collection and that's definitely a positive, but um, the issue is maintenance, man. It, it just, it does, it does my head in because sometimes you got to take some of these cars out. Haven't been driven for a, a long period in a long while. You might have an overheating issue. You might have a fluid issue. You might have flat spots in the tires, uh, the battery go- going flat. So there is some things you can do. Um, obviously battery, battery tends, um, tenders, you know, put on some, some charge, some charges that keep that battery t- ticked over and, and spend good money on them. Don't buy the cheap. You know, five ten dollar ones get get a nice $30, 40 50 60 dollar yeah, ones. Yeah, C C Tech ones. I'm a massive fan of the C Tech stop start um, trickle charges. Yep. Um, but really getting into these, I mean, look, you've got to understand the, understand the car. So try and join some groups or forums or however you go about it, car clubs. But find out who's got the car because it's hard to really give advice around without understanding the specifics of that car because there are ways to either winterize a car and some bits and pieces. But from general things, um, tyres, is the car going to be up on a hoist? If it's going to be down on the ground, just make sure you put some carpet or something underneath it um, to, you know, it does reduce flat spots and then also as well from just um, having pressures checked and everything. But if you are going to be going out to once or twice a month and you're going to get that car, yeah, just roll it back and forward, start it, run it up to temp, take it around the block, don't get up it straight away where you're just going to be flogging it and then just try and make sure you maintain those levels of fuel where you can top it up a bit but um, but then just try and take that for a decent blast and, yeah, just get that fuel moving so it doesn't really go stale and sit there. If you're not mechanically minded, yeah, just make sure you've got a decent mechanic to just do um, checks on it. So if it's a newer car, it doesn't really matter if that's 12 months where it's going to get checked out, go right over it from a good solid service on it. If it's an older one, then probably um, six months, just make sure you just get that checked and go over and have a good go over because fuel pumps can shit themselves in bits and pieces. So yeah, just make sure you just keep an eye on all that because um, that car can become a problem car really fast if you don't keep on top of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I do some fuel stabilizers as well. They help out, you know, a little yeah. bit. But you know, uh, the thing I try to do is if I haven't been driven for a while, I try to I, don't, I try to keep the tanks kind of half or, or quarter full, and then and put you know a fresh tank of or top top it up fresh just so that that fuel that's in there is, it's just going to go stale if you don't drive them much. And I also went through a phase with the car covers. Now I'm at a point now where I don't put car covers on, and the reason is because you put the car cover on, the car cover gets full of dust. You take the car cover off, and yeah, it does, shit yeah. just goes everywhere. I found the best way, yeah. best way for treating that is, is 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 get your car get your car coated, if possible, ceramic coated, which is pricey. You know, up to fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars for a really good full ceramic coating these days from from someone really good. The beauty of that is that. You can just get an air blower and 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 take your car outside and, and basically get a, a leaf blower or something like that and and just just get get the dust off your car. You don't have to go to a car wash. Whereas if you don't have it don't have it coated, that dust is going to actually get on, on you know basically stick to the paint and then you have to go to a car wash and get it get it taken off. So I'm at a point now where like I said yep. I don't I don't do the car covers because they're more trouble than they're worth. I mean if the car stored outside yeah. and you want to protect it from water may, maybe, but if it's an indoor facility, um, yeah the car cover thing can be hit or miss in my opinion. So that's another thing to be careful of. Yeah, you can you can do some damage real real quick with them. Like I said, that um yeah you're pretty much going to take a car cover off. 
yeah, get all the dust off it, take the car around the block, wash it all, dry it all, then put a car cover back on. It can become quite painful, and especially if you've got your black cars and things. Yeah, nightmare real fast. So, yeah, I think that's only worthwhile if you've got kids around and things that are rubbing up against cars and you can knock them with bikes and things, then a car cover can be okay. But, um, yeah, I think that um, if it's in a storage facility, you're not really needed too much. Cool. Good luck with that, Monty. Uh, next one, last question we have. Hey, lads, hope all is treating both your well as possible in Melbourne at present. Uh, I've always been a bit of a fan of AMGs. Had a couple, but moved mm-hmm. moved them on as life change courses, as it does for most car enthusiasts. I'm now at a point where I have room for a car that I can enjoy. Definitely won't be a daily, but I hope to use it at least every second weekend and also hope over that time, maintenance cost aside, it may at least hold its value or appreciate. So I'm looking at a 2014-15 C63507. It's within the budget, but in your opinions, around that 100 to 120K range, is there any other AMG or even Euro car that I should consider? A newer C63 is nice, but very common. E63 is awesome, but doesn't seem to hold too much demand. Cheers. That's from John. Yeah, no, it's um, definitely a good question, John. And it's, um, look, I mean, the Euro market is moving like crazy. Look, massive fan of the C63 507. Mate of mine, L has one of them. Awesome car, sound great, everything. It comes down to going, look, yeah, I agree. I'd take that all day, every day, just over a run-of-the-mill standard C63S. You know, you've got the edition ones. You've got some other, um, you know, other fun fact kind of little sticker pack cars with a few little points of difference. But as far as, um, yeah, as far as an actual car that actually had some work done to the engine, some bits and pieces, I do agree that 507 is damn cool. I think the thing to really look at M3, um, yeah, some of the other M3s and that around, you can find some different packs on them. Yeah, the CSs, you can also look into those, but I'm guessing if you're an AMG fan, you're going to love your V8, and I think you're kind of on the money if that's what you're really wanting. From rarity, lower numbers, yeah, I agree, mate. C63507 for the win there. All right, so story time. Cool. Um, Justin, by all means, you can go first with this one. You've got a, a VN Calais plate swap story. Yeah, so um, I think back being year seven or year eight or something, um, yeah, heading down to – Local shopping centre to go watch a movie at the time with some uh, with some mates and typical kind of thing. Parents drop you off early, kill some time till the movie starts. We've gone for a walk around and we spotted um, one of our teachers getting out of a VN Calais. Um, it was like a strip shop and we thought, oh, yeah, okay. Do we go say hi? No, we won't. We'll just kind of kick along. But an interesting thing about five, six car spots down, there was another VN Calais the same colour. One of my mates turned around and said, you know what? Wish we had a screwdriver. Imagine swapping the plates on it and she walked out to the wrong car. And we're like, I wouldn't pick up on that. I mean, that, um, you know, you wouldn't you be picking up on the car spot like we kind of parked in and we just thought, oh, yeah, $2 shop nearby. Let's just go do it. It'd just be kind of funny anyway. Let's just go swap the number plates. <laughs> Yeah, kids do these things. We've gone in, grabbed a screwdriver and um, from the $2 shop, gone out there and just swapped the number plates over. We're kind of sitting around for a bit, waiting to come back. Didn't. We thought, oh, okay. Shrug, move on, whatever. And we've um, gone gone to the cinemas, waited around, popped in for the movie for a bit and then got kicked out for throwing Maltesers and popcorn and things as we're just messing around as we do. Kids' time's there. Do we go to time zone? Nah, go for a walk back along. And then we've just gone. We looked over and we've seen the RECV and that parked over where the Kelly is. And we're kind of like, oh, shit, we forgot about this. And we're seeing her out there. She's 
gone to the other car. She's trying to unlock the car. She's like pushing the button and everything. We're just kind of like, oh, shit. Fuck, what have we done? Totally forgot about it. All sitting back talking and then the owner of the other cars come out and he's going, what's going on? He's like going to unlock and just do some bits and pieces and don't know what's happening as to he's hitting it and then the buttons are, um, he's hitting the button and then the indicators are going off in the car and I was kind of realising just when the RACV guys are and kind of looking at it, pushing the button, buttons open, the other car, looking at the number plates, looking confused and yeah. Just going back and forwards and then they're just going around and standing there. We just all start cracking up laughing, just going, holy shit, can't believe it's gone to the point. I haven't realised different car spots or anything. They're just kind of looking at the cars, unlocking it, using other keys, hands to each other, pushing them, unlocking it, looking at the registration plates. Then they've finally gone to the point of actually going up to the car and realising as to what's happened. They're all just kind of looking confused and head-scratching moments, but they realised what we've done. So we never got caught for it. No one ever said anything, but it was just a stupid kid thing at the time that did it, didn't think of any consequences to what happened, that it'd get to that point. But, um, yeah, at the time, fuck, it was funny. Oh, I would be even better <laughs> if they were your mates, but, yeah, <laughs> some poor random bloke yeah. trying to get home. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, a school teacher and a random. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ruined their days for our entertainment, yeah. but, yeah, jeez. Yeah. Decent thing to do to a teacher, though. Um, but nah, it's mine's not so merry. Um, so I have a, a story. Look, a bunch of years ago, I've spoken at length. My father and I, or my father at least, um, imported a shitload of cars from the US. Um, he liked the, the Buick Chevy chrome bumper era of the 50s and 60s. And it got to a point where I was downsizing to a smaller warehouse and had enough of the big collection and just wanted to fire sale a lot of those cars. So uh, my dad wasn't involved in selling those, so I had someone I trusted at the time managing that facility and had him sell, I think, about 15 of them, 15 cars while I was over in the US. So, I had I had basically a price list for all the cars um, and never thought anything of it. So, I sold a couple of them here and there, not, thought nothing of it. And then my dad got word that one of my cars that sold, he ran into the guy at a car show or something, right? And, and um, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I bought your son's car. And my old man was like, oh, yeah, what'd you, what'd you get it for? Got the price, called me and he's like, what did you um, what'd you get for that that Chev Nova? And I was like, I think I said, I think I got 50, low 50s for it. And he's like, oh, the guy said he paid 60K. And I'm like, nah, I don't think I got 60K. I think it was like 53 or something like that. So yeah. went back in my bank account. Went in the history, saw it was 53K, went through my text messages from the guy that was running the facility, 53K offer. And I was like, went back to my old man. I'm like, listen, man, like, you know, you sure you heard right? Like, I had a crack at my old man almost like, you know, blah, 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 blah. He's like, no, he, he said 60K. He said 60K. So now I'm like, fuck, is, is this dude is this dude pulling a shifty on me that's supposed to be selling the cars for me, right? Albeit yeah. I'm, I'm paying him a salary at the time. No, sorry, I wasn't paying him a salary. I was giving him space in the warehouse for free to, be, you know, run his mechanical workshop out of out of – a portion of my warehouse for free. I just said, look, yep. you, you get it for free. You don't pay any any rent, any outgoings. I take care of all that. All I want in return is just please just help me sell these cars and flick them off and I can kind of downsize. So I thought he's ahead by far. That that warehouse was massive. He's, oh, yeah, he's ahead huge. by far. And maybe yeah. maybe it takes 30 minutes of his day every day if he's got some tight kicks coming in. All right. So so now I'm like, okay, can I trust this guy? So I'm, what do I do? So I, I remember I called called you up. Um, who was your mate that we went, we, we told to go down there? Yeah, uh, Mike. Yeah, mate of my Mike. Yeah, Mike. So I, I called Justin and I said, get a mate to go down there for me. I had a I had a silver um Plymouth Barracuda, sixty seven S code Barracuda, mint car, fully fully restoed. It actually just sold and there was a write up. Was that in Street Machine, I think? 
Yeah, street um, machine, actually. Yeah, yeah it's a good car. Just recently, yeah. there's a story about a guy that has that car. That was actually my car. It's yeah. a story that he bought it from me. But anyway, I go, um, I think I had it listed for, I think, let's say it was 70K. So, I had um, Justin sent a friend down there and- yeah, I mean, the, the guy went down there and I said, turn to put an offer in for, let's say, asking price, 70K. So, he did that. So, then I'm waiting by the phone. I get a text while I'm in the States. said, oh, you know, the guy goes, I've got an offer for the Cuda. And I said, okay, cool. How much? He goes, oh, he's, he said 62,000. I said, oh, man, it's a bit low. I started messing with him. I go, it's a bit low. Let's Can, can you- I'm not, I'm not selling it for under 65. I just started fuck, fucking around. Day later, he comes back and goes, oh, he wants me to do some work on it. He said, the most he'll come up is, is to 64. And I'm like, albeit I know, you know, it's a 70K offer. So long story short, had all the text messages, had printouts, had everything, um, held on to all of this, came back to to Australia finally, uh, met this bloke um, for coffee one morning and was like, hey, man, like, you want to give me back all the all the money that you've made on on selling? So he, he would have sold probably ten of my cars and made a five yep. to ten k clip on each each one of them uh, without me knowing. Um, and it's kind of a hard thing to figure out what, while it's happening because you know most of my cars. If if I wanted to move them, so if it was fifty k and I got a forty two k offer, I was like, just get rid of it. I, I couldn't even bother countering at that point because I was just like, get rid of it, get rid of it. So I, yep. I pulled out all the all the um, documentation, all the text messages, still just lying in my face, like, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, mate. <laughs> I've, I said the guy that came in to buy that cooter that you're going to modify it for him because he had, he had one arm. He has one arm, right? Yeah, correct. Your mate, yep. your mate has one arm. So what he was telling this guy that was on the facility was, "I can't drive manual. Can you convert this to auto for me?" And um, the guy said, yeah, "Yeah, I'll do all that for you." And I had all the text messages, put it in his face, and he still. The thing I hate about people that lie and cheat is once they're caught, they continue to lie and cheat. And that was this bloke to a T. So basically, the story is that even guys like me get screwed. That was, you know, cost me a fair bit of money. Obviously, didn't hurt me at all financially, but you know, it's probably still fifty, fifty odd k, hundred k. This guy that I, I found out spent on a renovation for his house. So the very lounge room he's probably sitting in right now should have a, a hopefully has has a photo of me or my jersey hanging up because it's. Lounge room I paid for, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's what that's what some people do. And this was guy was a, a pretty you know reputable mechanic at the time that was pretty well trusted by myself and the family, and we got absolutely shafted by it. Yeah, but um, and th- and that thing as well. I mean, that always remember through this, the car scene is very very tight and small, as um, which is what you think, and that thing a name can get tarnished pretty damn fast around. So and um, yeah. That's what was mind-boggling about it. Like, I'm selling – I had him sell 15-odd cars. Like, eventually, I'm going to run into one of these blokes at a car show or my dad is or you are. Like, you have to have rocks in your head that it's not eventually going to get figured out. And it was just figured out by accident. Yeah. My, you know, my dad loves to have a conversation. I was thinking that – You know, and it just – Oh, exactly. But I remember another time I went down there that um, there was a guy um, – remember, I messaged you straight away and said, there's um, there's a dude I've um, seen down there that I know from other guys around that he's got um, – he's had drug problems and things in the past. Just watch it. Might knock off some stuff. Just be careful. He's been known to do that. And then um, that was another thing as well. Yeah, it's got got told by this guy sitting in his nice level land room, no, nah, no, nah, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Don't worry about it. And, you know, he must be thinking of something, something else. Said to your old man, said to you straight away, and then, yeah. Before you know it, the guy ended up knocking off some bits from um, the machine room. So, yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> unbelievable. That's, that's, how, that's, that's how the way goes. the scene is. They're they're in yeah, exactly. all walks all walks of life, and just something you got to deal with. So everyone out there happens to everyone. So if it happens to you, don't get embarrassed. Learn from it, and I've, I've definitely learned 
a few valuable lessons from that, but that's just how it goes. But um, story for another day to go on about, but that is episode six of the Car Chat, Rogue Bogues podcast. Um, like, subscribe, Rogue Bogues Car Chat on Facebook, at Rogue Bogues on all of the other platforms. We're getting about 5,000 listens for these, so we'll keep them going. I would appreciate you know, a share so we can keep these going. We do them at a loss, really, by the time they get um, made and produced and edited. Um, we don't, you know, we don't make money out of these at the moment. So, we'd appreciate people sharing these around and we'll eventually look to, to make this bigger and, and getting video video involved with these as well would be, will be the plan. But um, like, share, subscribe and thanks, Justin. All right. Thanks, guys.